Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today we continue our studies in 1 Thessalonians, Paul, the Gospel and the Church. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart. We'd love for you to join us over there. Hello there. It's just beautiful out here, isn't it? It's such a wonderful time of year to enjoy the the beauty of our countryside and um, to see something of the the glory of God in the world that he has given us. I mean, right now uh, we've got the sunset over there and we've got the moon looking quite stunning as well uh, in that direction. And it's not just the natural creation that causes us to wonder and to praise God, but I would suggest also that even more than that, as we see who God is and see what God has done in Christ for us, and as we understand the good news of the gospel, we will want to declare the wonders of God uh, and his amazing works. And that's what happened on the day of Pentecost, that first day in Acts chapter 2. And it tells us that the disciples were all hiding away in their room, in the upper room, and frightened and waiting. And then suddenly the Holy Spirit came upon them on the day of Pentecost and tongues of fire rested upon them and they spilled out onto the streets full of praise. And it says that they were declaring the wonders of God to the different people that were there for the festival of Pentecost, different languages. They were all declaring the wonders of God. And Peter then explains to the crowd what's going on here. People think that they must be drunk or something. They seem so ecstatically happy. And Peter explains, no, this is what the prophet Joel had said would happen in the last days, that in those last days, God would pour out his spirit on all flesh and the young men would have dreams and old men would have visions. And it says, your sons and daughters will prophesy. And that's what these people are doing, if you like. Out on the streets, they are prophesying. They're telling forth the wonders of God. That's what one aspect of prophesying actually is. It's declaring, it's forth-telling the wonders of God. And I would suggest that prophesying can include preaching, speaking to people, as well as those more spontaneous moments where somebody finds that they have a message to bring to others from God in line with the Bible. It has to be tested, of course, to check it is. But that is a foretelling of the wonders of God. There can also be an element of foretelling, not just foretelling, but foretelling in the prophetic gift as well. People telling of something that may be coming uh, that they see and perceive to be the case because God has revealed it to them. And we certainly find that, um, for example, uh, we find Philip in one of the towns has got four daughters who it tells us are prophets. They prophesy these daughters. And whilst um, in that same passage we read in Acts also, that uh, Paul arrives in the town and stays with Philip and these four daughters who are prophets. And then it tells us a man from Agabus turns up from Jerusalem 
and he comes and he speaks to Paul and he prophesies to Paul that if Paul goes to Jerusalem that he will be bound and held and handed over to the Jews and uh, he will be punished and he will end up in trouble if he goes to Jerusalem. There's this kind of warning. Agabus previously in Acts had predicted that there would be a famine in the province of Judea. And the people believed that he was right and they took up an offering and sent it to Jerusalem and it proved to be true. There was indeed a famine and presumably that offering was a very excellent response to that need. And so there can be an element of foretelling in prophetic gifting. We need to stir up these gifts within us. It's possible that in Thessalonica, the the place that Paul is writing to here in 1 Thessalonians 5, where he says, do not despise prophecy. It is possible that people were becoming a little bit blasé about prophecy, about preaching uh, and about uh, foretelling of other types of prophetic declaration. It's possible that there were some fairly over-enthusiastic people there who were speaking about the second coming of Christ and the end of the world and all this kind of thing and people getting unsettled by that and as a result they were despising prophecy. You see sometimes there can be, be extremes that happen and this can put us off accepting the real thing. We can throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'd encourage you not to be cynical about preaching. It's not your favourite preacher. They didn't deliver it in the way you wanted to. John the Baptist was derided for being too serious and mournful. Jesus then wasn't accepted because, well, he was too full of joy. He was playing the flute in the market and, you know, people didn't like different styles of preachers. But we mustn't be despising of those who speak, whether they, whenever they speak in the name of the Lord, when they're speaking uh, from the pulpit, as it were, from the lectern, when they're preaching or uh, when they are bringing some encouragement or exhortation or prophecy, if you like, in a message or in a meeting, we must be careful not to despise. I would suggest that we should take these things seriously. We should take notes when we're listening to preaching. We should not be distracted. We shouldn't be looking on our phone and getting distracted when someone is speaking. We shouldn't despise prophecies, prophesying, which is includes teaching, God's word, forthtelling his wonders. We should be careful not to deride, not to just let the preaching be the fag end of the meeting. Everyone's distracted now. There's so, so much else happened that we've all kind of not really lost. We're not concentrating anymore. We should not despise prophecies. We should not dis in the Puritan times, they used to have these things called prophesyings. It would be a day in which a bunch of preachers would get together and one after another, they would take it in turns to preach from a passage of scripture and then they would discuss the message and then they would move on and preach. The next person would preach, the next experienced person would preach and they were called prophesyings and large crowds of people would come to watch these prophesyings, which were kind of preaching classes. Um, now, whatever the utterance is, whoever is speaking God's word, we should be careful to take it seriously, listen, take notes, think about the message, pray about what it's to do with, but also be discerning. Paul goes on here in 1 Thessalonians 5 to tell us to discern, to be discerning when we listen, to, to eat the fish and spit out the bones, if you like, to 
check it against scripture is this actually from the from the bible just because the person is impressive just because uh, maybe they even did some kind of spectacular thing just because they sound good or we think that they're they they come over well or whatever that doesn't mean that what they're saying is necessarily good or accurate we should test it we should always go back like the bereans did and have a look at scripture and say well actually is this what the bible teaches let's be discerning let's test these things but I would just say to you, let's not be so cautious and so careful about these things that we end up being cynical and not really encouraging the gifts of the Spirit amongst us. You know, when there's a fire, and I'll just finish with this, when there's a fire burning, there will be smoke. If you have a fire pit in the garden, you're the one that always sits in line where all the smoke is coming, don't you? And it's so frustrating and so annoying. Now, there'll be two options here. One, we put out the fire, and uh, that's one way to stop the smoke. The other way that we can deal with it is say, well, we want the fire, so we'll put up with the smoke. And actually what we'll do is we will fuel the fire so that it burns more strongly and brightly and so that there is less smoke. Now, when it comes to the things of the spirit in the church, when the fire is burning and we want the fire to be burning, because if it doesn't, we'll freeze. A church will become a fro the chosen frozen if we don't encourage the gifts of the Spirit and the life of God amongst us. So we want the fire. We don't want to quench the fire, but there will be some smoke. There will be people who will go into sort of human ways of dealing things. People will be a bit carnal. People will make mistakes when they use the gifts of the Spirit. That's the smoke. But we have to put up with the smoke if we want the fire. We don't want to become the chosen frozen. But then we have to discern, we have to test, we have to uh, make sure that there's good order in the church, as the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians. So fine, we have good order, we control things well, we have good leadership so that the gifts can be controlled well. But we don't want to quench the Spirit by discouraging the move of the Spirit amongst us. So I don't think there's any danger at the Vine Church that we are becoming uh, too happy-clappy, swinging from the chandeliers. If anything, I would say we need to learn to open our mouths as we come back, as we start meeting again. We need to speak up. We need to take off our masks. People need to be able to speak and remember that they have a voice. They have something to say in the life of the church. And we need to encourage gifts from different people being shared. Do not put out the Spirit's fire, but discern and hold on to the goods. And we can be shaped by God's word as we do that. So, Lord, we thank you for your wonders. We thank you for the beauty of creation. We thank you for the wonders of your word. And we pray that you'd help us to take your word seriously, not to despise it, but to relish your word so that we might declare your glory. We pray in your name. Amen.